Welcome to another episode of the Matthew Freeman Show. This is a show that I put on, you know, out of passion. Um, I like to share the things that I'm learning in life and uh, offer perspective and kind of offer my viewpoints on things that we go through. Everyone goes through these different ebbs and flows in life, these trials and tribulations. And uh, one of my favorite verses, James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, these trials and tribulations that we face. When you think about that, how do we encounter life, deal with the things it throws at us, and still be full of joy, working our way towards moments of happiness? That has kind of been my lifelong journey, trying to figure out some of these things. Sometimes there's nothing to figure out. Sometimes it just requires a little bit of talking through. So that's what we do here on the Matthew Freeman Show. Thank you for joining us today. If you uh, like an episode in particular, if you screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag me and let others know about it, I'd greatly appreciate that. If it resonates with you in some way, I'd greatly appreciate sharing. That's the only way that people find out about the show. I don't really market this much at all other than kind of showing on Instagram, hey, I got online and I chatted again. So without further ado, let's get to today's show. everybody. And I mean it. It's a really good morning. Well, 5 a.m., my eyes shot open and they wouldn't, they wouldn't shut. I tried all the tactics, all the things that I know, breathing, you know, uh, the way that I need to relax in bed to try to go back to sleep because I didn't have to be awake yet. In fact, I didn't even really want to be awake. I could hear outside the constant dripping in the rain gutters from the rain. And I'm laying there and I'm like, wow, it's a beautiful morning to sleep, but I'm wide awake. All right. What am I going to do with that? Well, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do some reading, and I'm going to get productive. And what's that done? I guess that's led me right over here to the microphone. Today, what I wanted to talk about with everybody, what's kind of been on my mind lately, um, you know, another thought that's, that's percolating in the back of my mind and coming together in action and what I'm seeing. Uh, across the board, something that I have been doing unconsciously that I'm becoming a little bit consciously aware of, which is pretty interesting. And that's learning my triggers to presence. See, we all have triggers, and oftentimes when we talk about triggers, we're talking about negative triggers. Things that trigger uh, an emotion based on a past experience that we've created a story about that has become kind of an Achilles heel in a lot of ways. Uh, You hear this time and time again 
when people are dealing with past trauma. Uh, that was a trigger for me. Uh, that action triggered X, which brought about this emotion that I ruminated on uh, over and over and over again and to ruin the, the day or the week or the month or shoot the last three years of my life. But what we don't often talk about is the creation of triggers that can lead to positive outcomes. So in my studies, I've come across a few different things where this thought process started to come about. And I definitely want to give mention to those individuals who have, you know, kind of ignited this thought. So Jesse Itzler, um, man, what a what a wise individual he is. And I took his uh, Build Your Life resume course. Highly recommend anything of his. Um, You've probably seen him most of living with a monk or living with a seal. He's done so many things though. And um, anyways, we were we were taking the course, and one thing he was talking about was before he gets on stage, he would take his necklace and turn it to the back, and that was like, boom, it's time to speak. It put him in the zone to speak that. That action, that movement, that, you know, I'm, I'm using the term trigger right now. Um, and maybe trigger is the right or wrong word, but that's what I'm using. That's how it's kind of formulating in my mind right now. And so for conversation purposes, we're going to stick with trigger. But that would like trigger presence for him. It's time to speak in the zone. You can't be in the zone and not be 100% completely present. That. Those, those two don't go in opposition, right? If you're in the zone, you're 100% present. Another thing that I've observed over time, LeBron James, when he uh, puts the chalk on his hands and hits his hands and throws it up in the air, that for him says it's game time. It's game time. It's time to play. I'm here now. I don't care if I just penciled a deal with Pepsi after being with Coke for several years. I'm here on this floor right now, ready to play this game called basketball that has given me a platform to do everything else. And so right now it deserves my 100% attention. Those are two that stand out, but I mean, you could go across the the board. Uh, I see it most in athletics, probably because I love athlete, athletes. Uh, <laughs> so wrong. I love sports, so I watch a lot of sports, and you see it all the time. Uh, you see it in free throw shooting and basketball. People have certain routines. Um, those routines, you know, are muscle memory, but... Also, at the same time, that routine kind of lets them know right now I'm shooting a free throw and that's my concentration level, right? Um, it's very, very common. When I'm deadlifting, there's a little, little something that I go through because I realize on the deadlift, there's no margin for error. My mind can't be elsewhere in deadlift heavy. At the same time, I'll have a back injury. So I literally have a little kind of routine that I've always done that kind of says, Matt, you're deadlifting right now. Be here. 
now. And in the last year, what we've... Ah, uh, man, I'm not going to say we. The experience that I've seen in many individuals, as well as myself, is a rise in anxiousness, a rise in a lack of calm, a, a rise in uncertainty, and a rise in distraction from the present moment, thinking ahead, beyond, beside, uh, paying attention to everybody else because if you're out walking about, you have people jumping in bushes to avoid you. Uh, whether or not you have your mask, uh, you think you're going to do something wrong, you're afraid to say something on social or in public because you don't want to get ridiculed or you don't want the, the next Karen to berage you for just living your life. And so with this rise in anxiety, what I've seen is, you know, anxiousness comes from being in the future. Future thought, unpredictable, uncontrollable future activities that have yet to occur. And so then how do we begin to calm this anxiousness? You know, I've been known over the years to have, uh, you know, high-low emotions. Some people have called me bipolar. Uh, I don't believe that to be the case. But, hey, accusation has come. I definitely have, you know, in the past, major mood swings where everything's caving in on me or, you know, the opposite. I can conquer anything. And I've had to learn to manage those emotions over time. And in the last year, as anxiety was on the rise and I happen to feel the energy of the people that I'm around and the people that I coach and the, the energy overall was was anxiousness. Not, you know, I've seen bouts of depression, but I see a lot of anxiousness and that anxiousness kind of, you know, exudes off of people, right? We're energetic folks and so we respond well to energies and so anxious energy would would creep onto my skin or onto my shirt like dandruff or something like that and it would hang on me and I would become anxious and I realized most of my anxiety was in figuring out how I could become a better individual wiser more intelligent better skilled coach so I could hope to help cure anxiety or help smother it out a little bit or help just that individual feel better as a whole. That's what I do for a living, right? As I help individuals feel better as a whole from multiple different angles. And what I started to say is, well, Matt, in order to provide the energy back, you have to fight energy with energy. You have to learn to be 100% completely present and available. And as much as you believe or hope that that is often the case, there are times that you are not present and you are not pouring back 
into the people. So how then can you help yourself become more present, help your energy levels stay more consistent, and resonate at a better frequency on the daily, which takes me back to triggers. I studied Tony Robbins long, long ago in the past, and he talked about incantations and affirmations, and I didn't really, I didn't really vibe with it. I didn't really vibe with the the term mantra, but I think I just wasn't mature enough to understand. Or it didn't resonate with me because the term wasn't expressed in a manner that made sense to me. It it seemed to uh, hoodoo voodoo, for lack of better term, you know. Um, it seemed a lot like a prosperity gospel type of situation. If you just think it, it will be, and it's like, uh, no, man, I think about these things all the time, and it isn't. Is it? It isn't right because it does require action. And I don't think they were saying not to take action. What I what I resonate with now and understand all these years later, this was about 10 years ago, and granted I was really in a in a state of mind that wasn't super positive. I mean, I got turned down to volunteer at a church like so my mind my mindset wasn't great, right? Um, and people could sense that. So maybe I just didn't want to believe it. But 10 years later, I start to go, oh, what he's saying is you can bring yourself back to the present moment. You can trigger presence. And when we are present and fully available in this moment, along with some gratitude, we start to realize everything's okay. Everything will work out. And when I say everything's okay, I know that can fall on some ears and go, you don't know my situation. I don't. And I'm not saying that the present moment is actually a good situation. That's another podcast where we talk about the difference between happiness and joy. And I think I've probably done that before because it's a big topic for me. But what I'm saying is the anxiety that comes from not being in the current moment and trying to figure out or think through the future can dissipate if you create conscious triggers to pull you into that moment. And we've done this. We've done this for years unconsciously, right? So for me, a good example would be this. In the past, I've always known if I go out to the beach everything feels okay. So I would drive out to the beach and go sit down on a rock. And what that did was the enormity of the ocean and the vastness of the nature would always pull me into the present moment. That's what it did. It triggered me just being there and still. Nothing else was going on. My phone doesn't work out there. I would just be staring at the ocean, admiring God's creation, admiring the vastness of the earth, and realizing that anything that I was going through in that moment was super small in comparison to to the big picture, right? And so this beach was a trigger to presence. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. It was completely 
part of the subconscious or unconscious action. It was an unconscious action. I didn't go, hey, I'm going to go to the beach so I can get present, so I can kind of let go of all this anxiety. I would go, I don't go to the beach because I always seem to feel better out there. And now I can sit back and kind of go, that's what was happening. Okay, fast forward. In the last few months, I've started to understand, hey, life's happening for me, not to me. And that's been a mantra. So as things occur that normally would have sent me into a tailspin of anxiety, anxiousness, uh, frustration, uh, depression, um, you know, a, a funk, if you will, I've been consciously saying, hey, man, life's happening for you, not to you. This is all along the path. You're good. And I just start taking action again, whatever that action was. I could, I could get back into the moment and take action on whatever it was I was doing, whether I was podcasting because I like to share or whether it was actually monetary, you know, earnings with writing nutrition, uh, accountability coaching, uh, or if it was writing programming, right? That, that always seemed like a task for a long time. And now it's like, it's, I realize it to be an art when I'm present doing it. It's a very fun orchestration. It's a very enjoyable problem-solving adventure to say, how can I structure training for this individual in such a way that's enjoyable and gets results and will create some level of compliance? Because that's what we're looking for, right, as coaches. And I started to realize the more present I was in that creation, the more beautiful the art became. There was more flow to it. I wasn't in three places at once. So anxiousness would arise, Matt, life, life is happening for you, not to you. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And boom, I'm back in the moment. Conversations were better. Interactions were better. Part of this has come, come through, you know, this dating experience that we've talked about and, and being out on these apps and, you know, experiencing uh, what what some might call rejection, which felt like rejection in the beginning, right? You literally feel like you're standing on stage and people are in an audience and they're voting on you and you're getting voted out and voted out. And even worse, you're like standing on stage only with two or three contestants left or two. It's like you're almost cool. But no thanks, right? And it, it felt like rejection. I was like, this isn't rejection. This is redirection. Right? This is, this is happening for me, not to me. Someone's looking out for me. They're not allowing me to get into something that isn't for me. So this is great. I'm not going to waste their time. They're not going to waste my time. Doesn't make them a good person, bad person. Doesn't make me good or bad. But this was happening for me. So instead of getting into this funk and feeling of 
oh gosh, it's not gonna happen. You know, am I am I gonna be alone forever? And you know, am I am I in the right place? Am I gonna you know, you know, am I going to ever find somebody to, to be with? Or is this my life? And, you know, and did I mess up my only chance? And, you know, all these thought processes that, that can start to occur, that can take you from the present moment, that can create anxiousness that doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, form, or fashion, can be consciously triggered back to the present where everything fades away. You can create triggers for yourself that bring you back to the moment. And don't get me wrong, there are days that I feel like all day long I might be saying, it's happening for you, not to you. It's happening for you, not to you. It's happening for you, not to you. And it sounds a little redundant. But I'm bringing myself back to this moment that says, hey, you're alive, well, you're in good health, your family's great, you have a job, you are helpful, everything's great, you're good. Sure, you're not where you want to be, but why are you in such a hurry to get there? When you do that, you miss here, which is part of the creation of your ability to be there. See, a lot of times we want to be there and we want to be there yesterday. But I want to tell you, yesterday I wasn't prepared to be where I'm at today. I needed to go through yesterday to be the man that I am today. And when you rush through it, it doesn't work, which means we have to find these conscious triggers to bring us back to the moment so that we can learn the lesson grow in the way that we're supposed to, develop and mature in the way we're supposed to so that we can be of sound mind and wise counsel for whatever is or will become of what we're supposed to do moving forward. So we can be that beacon, so we can be that coach, so we can be that mentor, so we can be that guide, so we can be that husband, so we can be that wife, so we can be that business owner, so that we could stand on stage and lead a group of people in some kind of learnings. But we cannot do that until we have gone through the process. And the process requires presence or we will repeat it. Have you ever felt like, oh my God, I'm going through this again. How, why has this happened to me so many times? Why is this always happening to me? Huh, this seems so... You haven't learned the lesson from it. And you haven't learned the lesson from it because when it happens, it's like, just get me through it, who cares? Instead of sitting back and going, okay, I gotta be in this. I gotta be in this. I have to sit in this 117 degree heat and sweat and swelter to, to build a tolerance to discomfort. I can learn to create an, an adaptation to have the ability to handle 117 degree heat. That doesn't mean I need to spend my life in 117 degree heat every single day. But if I happen to be in a situation where I'm there, 
I'm okay because I created an adaptation because when I went through it last time, I was completely present and available and I took my learnings on how to create comfort in that situation. See, if you're repeating things, you haven't learned the lesson. And I don't believe you can learn the lesson if you are rushing through it and or are not present and that your mind is thrown forward in such a way that you cannot be here. So back to the purpose of the podcast, because I did tangent a little bit, but the purpose being is I believe that you can consciously trigger presence. You can snap yourself back into your current reality and combine that with gratitude and reduce your anxiety as a whole and increase the enjoyment of the life you get to live. Mine happens to be recently a mantra. It's also a reminder of myself, hey, every time you're asked, what kind of mark do you want to leave in this world? You say you want to be remembered as being helpful, kind, and caring. So how are you going to be helpful, kind, and caring if you're not here right now and you're thinking about there? You cannot be. You want to pour into people, here's your opportunity, but you have to be here to pour into them. Because if I'm not present, if I'm on a, a, a rant like I am right now on this podcast, and I'm, so, I'm more interested in sharing my information than listening, I might be pouring in onto someone who's not ready to receive the information and didn't invite it in and didn't ask for it. And as a coach, that's a... That's a big deal. You can't just push lessons onto people before they're ready. Sometimes you just have to put them in your back pocket and wait. Sometimes you can kind of throw some water on the soil and and so there's a there's a you know, a hint of what may may be to come at a later time. Plant the seed if you will. But not everyone is ready to, to hear it or see it or wants to hear it or see it the way that you want to coach it. So it's very important as a coach to know, man, this is, this is ah, I want to just share this with everybody. And that's where a lot of coaches go wrong, to be honest with you. We learn a new skill, a new idea, a new technique, a new way, and then it's just diarrhea on everybody that that's supposed to that's supposed to be for everybody it's interesting you see fitness coaches myself included have been been this person you go away to to a seminar for a weekend you learn some new skills you get back and everybody in the gym is only using kettlebells just learned all these kettlebell techniques everybody's going to use a kettlebell and you forget that in the consultation The client said, the one thing that I don't want to ever learn is a kettlebell. I'm not interested. I want to use the barbell. I like it. I don't care how much a kettlebell benefits me. I want to. And you come back and go, we're going to do these few things because it's going to strengthen your barbell. And, And they're like, no, I'm not interested. And you force it upon them because you feel 
that it has so much significance and relevance, but not at this moment is that client ready to do so. Maybe if you would have followed through with the plan, they would have gained curiosity in the kettlebell over time by watching others and then said, hey, I know I said I didn't want to use kettlebells, but I see a lot of people using them. Can you help me understand the benefits? At that time, you can bring the expertise you had learned months ago at the seminar into that coaching session. But as coaches, we just want to share, share, share the new insight, thinking it'll fix, 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 but it you can't bring the wrong band-aid to a certain wound. It just doesn't work that way. However, and in addition to, I do believe that you can, and anyone can, begin to listen to what I'm trying to say, if it makes any sense whatsoever, which is you can consciously trigger presence, and when you consciously trigger presence, you can reduce your anxiety in an active manner, which goes back to everything I always stand for, which is action over everything. Even wrong action is better than inaction in most cases. I think in all, actually. Sometimes doing nothing is better than doing something, but that is an action actually in and of itself, is to say, no, I'm gonna stay put. And sometimes that is the right answer. But it's still an action, right? So, conscious triggers. For me, that has been either a mantra. It could, it could be a oh man. I'm trying to think. Of, I think it's in the Taken series, and I think it's Forrest Whitaker who is the detective, and he wears a rubber band on his wrist, and he uses that rubber band. He'll like smack. He'll like snap himself with it. But it helps bring him to the moment that opens up his mind to help him kind of unravel the, the crime that he's trying to solve. When he's trying to figure out the story, he uses this trigger to kind of calm himself and bring him to the moment to open up his mind to what is transpiring. It was a trigger, a little rubber band snap. Boom, I'm here. We experience our best availability of utilizing our brain when we're present. Our cognitive abilities, our connecting abilities are all the best when we're right here. Right now. You will feel most calm when you're right here, right now. So today, I want you to take away this. You can create conscious triggers to bring yourself in the present and reduce your anxiety. I don't know what those will look like for you. I have used a mantra that reminds me that all is well so I could stop thinking about things moving forward. When I'm deadlifting, I have a little sequence of events that says, hey, this is the most important thing right now because the result of not being here could be catastrophic. When I'm competing or playing in some kind of sport, I generally have a meditation prior to that sport. 
so that I can focus. I leave everything at the door. But these triggers don't have to be long, elaborate things, right? Life is happening for me, not to me. Boom. The more you practice the repetition of whatever you use as a trigger, let's say snapping your fingers is what you decide. The more you snap your fingers and become present, right? The more you will ingrain that in the memory in such a way that you'll be able to bring yourself into the present a lot quicker with that trigger more and more and more and more over time. It will literally start to, like it's a conscious practice that you will start to do almost unconsciously, which is kind of cool too, right? Because unconscious competence is the highest level of function in a lot of ways. You're no longer having to think yourself back into the present. You're no longer having to consciously say, I need to be here. You literally can like snap your fingers without kind of thought and bring yourself back to the present. But we're not there yet. We're just talking about conscious presence, a conscious competence of being aware of how you can bring yourself back to this moment to reduce your anxiety moving forward. So guys, as always, thank you for listening to another episode of the Matthew Freeman Show where I like to share with you things that I happen to be learning or just ruminating on in such a way that we can kind of keep the conversation alive and either decide I was on to something pretty good or another one of Matt's wild thoughts. In this case, I do think that I'm on to something good. I'm experiencing it in my life. And it is about energy, everybody. From someone who has oscillated in energies so bad for so long, I do remember that every time my energy was in the positive route, man, it's 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 felt seamless. And then for whatever reason, something would trigger a shift in my energy and that getting that back was so tough. And this is what I'm learning that helps me get back there before I even have to go so far of a swing that it becomes hard to build momentum again. We want to minimize the energetic swings and keep keep functioning at the highest frequency that we can. And we can do that by using conscious triggers, things we are aware of, to pull us back in that present moment. Try it. See how it feels. Let me know how it's going. If you like this episode, hey, screenshot it. Throw it up on social. Tag me. Share it with someone that you think it might help. That's really why I'm here. Hoping that Our experiences shared in a vulnerable manner, passed on, will help someone get where they're going a little quicker by learning the lesson a little sooner, not by avoiding it, but by understanding it. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.